0: I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When
1: I'm in New York, I'm in Chicago, and I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen
0: in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly.
1: And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign off from this guy.
2: Hey! Well, it is true.
1: See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M
0: I R O.com Motto, geek Buddies fans, hello everyone and welcome <laughs> to a brand new episode here uh, from the Pip Pip Geek, Huzzah uh, hey. Buddies!
1: Hey, <gasps> I don't know. Hey,
0: there, you go. Hey, uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, um, thanks so much for joining us for a brand new episode here today. Another uh, week of geekery is uh, on par for us to talk about. Here on the show, we're going to jump into so many things like trailers, we're going to get some uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi viewership numbers, some Top Gun Maverick box office numbers, but our main topic is going to be all the stuff that dropped at Star Wars Celebration and getting our conversations, or our reactions rather, and conversations about those out there for you all to enjoy. But let's introduce ourselves first. I am the Outlaw John Roger, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies, Mike.
2: I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies
1: shannon and this is shannon McClung. i'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on brooklyn 99 silicon
0: valley and the goldbergs when someone had a costume fitting tomorrow we might be seeing you again in something coming up soon that we can't quite say yet can we oh, hey. all right fair, rare. i wonder what, <laughs> what it is, is <laughs> Doing his best Zola over there. What is that all about? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but we are going to get into everything. We just want to big, give a big shout out also to Carbon Health. CarbonHealth.com. Go and head on over there. To that website, they'd support and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. You got any healthcare situations going on? Yeah, you've been thrown around a planet, and landed in some burning uh, burning refuse there that you need to get healed from. I would suggest you go to carbonhealth.com and take a look. If you even download an app. They have a doc in your pocket where you can take a look and see if there's any. Carbon health centers around you or online in order to have any of those questions answered. Uh, they got 100 locations all over the country, 50 plus locations in California, and they're doing COVID testing and selling covid packs and certainly those numbers are going up certainly star wars celebration people have been getting covid diagnoses ever since they've left that facility so there you go um but anyway all right uh, let's get into the way things uh, let's get into first of all thank you if you've been a fan for a while and been coming to hang out with us every week if you're new thanks so much for taking a chance with geek buddies this is the way it works we each bring up a news topic talk about it for a little bit As three topics then we take a mini break and jump into our main topic which is as i said the star wars celebration news all right mikey i think you start us off
2: all right. Well, the first news story is uh, is an easy one, but a big one. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, everybody's favorite lost Jedi, uh, <laughs> has set records on Disney Plus. Uh, Disney Plus uh, released a statement earlier this week confirming that Obi Wan Kenobi has become the most watched Disney Plus series globally, uh, based on the number of hours streamed in the debut weekend. Now. Not 100% clear if we're discounting the first episode or the first two episodes, which would sort of give them like a double dip as opposed to the shows that just premiered one episode. But either way, it's a huge number for Disney+. And in addition to Obi-Wan Kenobi just having huge viewership numbers, Disney also revealed that all the other Star Wars titles or a lot of the other Star Wars titles like tripled in viewership after Obi-Wan Kenobi. So in addition to a bunch of people checking out the further adventures of obi-wan kenobi uh as soon as they did that everybody jumped into a bunch of other star wars i would assume watching a little bit of revenge of the sith probably a little bit of a new hope and probably a whole lot of clone wars and rebels so by any stretch uh thus far uh it's been a huge hit for disney plus uh and uh gentlemen what do you think is this is this a surprise are you shocked are you bewildered are you baffled are you (laughs) what are you
0: how do you think I feel? Uh, what do you say, Shane?
1: I mean, I, I'm not surprised, but the fact that it is the most watched uh, most watched premiere based off of ours, I mean, it just goes to show you that the idea that they first had several years ago to bring Ewan McGregor back in, in an Obi-Wan-centric uh, project was the right call that people mm-hmm. really wanted to see him return to this character you know there's a lot there's a chunk of the fan base that wasn't a huge fan of the prequels despite the fact that they loved certain aspects of it and one of those aspects that for me i think was universally praised was ewan mcgregor's um turn as mm-hmm. as obi-wan and getting having him get a uh, another at bat when you know when he finished revenge of the sith like he probably thought that was it i'm done and so the fact that he's getting to return to this character getting to um play in a in a realm of the star wars universe or a, t- a part of the star 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 wars universe timeline that really hasn't been explored in live action i i imagine that was very very exciting and the excitement was matched by the fans and even though like the three of us like we were a little divided on what we thought of it mm. the first two episodes mm-hmm. um <laughs> well no that's literally what happened I mean, we were divided on what we thought of it some, may, yeah,
2: some of us some of us were right and some of us were wrong <laughs> oh my god
1: you you may not have agreed with my opinion but, but so that actually makes what i say correct we were divided um <laughs> but, but um even the folks that maybe were not the biggest fans of those first two episodes I would have to think that they're going to watch them to the end because I'm certainly going to watch them to the end. Um, uh, uh, And this uh, next episode or the the one that dropped today, I mean, I've already watched it uh, three times now. So that should give you an indication of what I thought of this one. So (laughs) not a surprise that a lot of people tuned in, but maybe a surprise that this is the most watched watched first episode.
0: Well, I mean, it's a character that uh, is appeared in, you know, in the first two trilogies, the sequel, uh, sorry, the prequel and the original trilogy, certainly. And then, of course, in Clone Wars and numerous other media. So certainly the mystique of Obi-Wan Kenobi is still pretty strong within the fandom. But I also think you can't ignore the fact that it's Kenobi and Vader coming back in a series. I think that was a really huge deal for a lot of people. Getting a Kenobi series, I think, would have done great numbers as well. But I think adding the Vader aspect to it all, Hayden Christensen coming back, James Earl Jones rumored to do the voice, all of that kind of sliding in here made it even more of a must-watch for a lot of people. And this is something – this is a character, as I said – In both sets of trilogies, not the sequel trilogy, but in both sets of trilogies, you're able to share this with your son and your grandson or your granddaughter or your daughter or your, you know, whatever you have there. You can share multiple generations of uh, viewing pleasure with your family watching obi-wan kenobi because everyone has a connection to kenobi depending on when they discovered him uh, in their lives so that works on so many levels for them disney for disney wise as well but then you add vader and i think that's a massive thing to put it over the top and get it to. so no surprise people went off and watched other things you know and this is this is Music to Disney's ears, I imagine, Michael and Shannon, because, I mean, the one thing they said from the beginning when they bought it out, when they bought it out from George Lucas is they wanted to streamline everything so that you understood what was canon and what wasn't canon. And that was so that they could have synergy with all the stuff. So the fact that you're watching one thing so you can go and watch other things that helps them out overall. So it's smart business um, and also smart artistic uh, decisions being made there uh, for and bearing fruit there for Disney Plus.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I think that as geeks who cover all the geek stuff, I mean, we know every character and we know what's going on and we know where it falls in this timeline. But whether you're talking about Wanda, Vision, Hawkeye, Mandalorian, Grogu, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that is geeks, we understand it. But I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is kind of something that is universally known. Like you could be not a geek at all and only have peripherally watched Star Wars when you were a kid and you know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. He's the old guy that helped Luke on the desert planet. So, I do think, oh, sorry about that. My bad. Okay. Um, but uh but yeah, I do think that uh so for most people, uh, this is a great jumping-on point. Like Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi, I get it. He's on Tatooine. He's watching Luke Skywalker. Like You don't have to know the rest of the Star Wars mythology to know that. So mm-hmm. I think it is like a really great jumping-on point. And the reason they got the big numbers is because they knew they were going to get all the geeks. We're going to watch it. But I think they got more than just the geeks for this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's kind of the Black Panther effect where it's like, okay... Yeah. We know the comic book fans are going to go, but who else are we reaching out to that maybe hasn't watched any of this stuff? They're going to come and take a chance. Or are there casual fans who have not enjoyed watching it or not been or that original trilogies? they their jam and nothing else who will come back to see what you and McGregor did? I think, yeah. Shannon, you're right. He's universally the most beloved uh, performance coming out of those prequel trilogies. You know, you can debate Hayden. You can debate Natalie Portman. Um, you can even debate Samuel L. Jackson, in my opinion, but you can't debate what um, uh, what he what he did as as Obi Wan Kenobi for sure. So yeah, I mean, I think
1: especially coming out of Episode One, Ewan mm-hmm. McGregor and Liam Neeson, like everybody loved liam neeson and we're sorry to see him go at the at the end of that movie and who knows maybe he'll come back in some capacity
0: (laughs) yeah it's true it's true uh let's move on other numbers mike if you if we're done with this one uh, yeah okay let's do this we wanted some top gun maverick numbers this was massive Uh, It had the best Memorial Day opening of all time. This film came out here, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, obviously the sequel to 1986's Top Gun, starring Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, uh, and Monica Barbaro, Miles Teller, uh, Glenn Powell, a host of other people involved in this. Um, And it did so well, really just kind of blew away what a lot of people were expecting from this sequel. I mean, there were many people who thought there was no way this film was going to do great box office, and somehow, someway has overcome that stigma because it's such a damn good film. Uh, and it had the best Tuesday, or the third best Tuesday in May after Marvel, Avengers, Infinity War, and The Avengers. So that's that's really good company to be keeping up there. Also, it, uh, it is also ahead of Doctor Strange's in the Multiverse of Madness, which made $12.6 million over the weekend here. And here's the thing that's really surprised me. They estimate by the end of today, as we're recording this on a Wednesday, it will have surpassed Top Gun's original total (laughs) overall gross in six days. That is pretty incredible numbers for a film like this. And dare I say it, a billion is a possibility in my mind because people are going to see this movie multiple times. And there's not much competition for it right now. And dropping it over Memorial Day weekend was just genius. So what do you guys think uh, about the box office numbers here? What do you think the ceiling is for these box office numbers? I mean, it,
1: it's, it's sort of a return to old school blockbuster movies. Uh, <laughs> really? You know, I mean, you know, we live, it, we live in a time where the perception is, unless it's a superhero and especially Marvel – that nothing in the theaters is kind of a guarantee i mean you have sort of you, you know you have your fast and furious films you have yeah. you know mission impossible but you know a sequel what a a 35 year old 34 year old uh yeah movie?
0: 1986 yeah something
1: like that sequel to a 34 year old movie um granted starring tom cruise who is probably the biggest star in the world um you know i mean it's it's The great thing about watching it, because I went and saw it with my wife on Thursday, Hmm. was the theater was absolutely packed. And the moment that the movie started, like we watched it ahead. We watched the first one ahead of time. Um, The moment that the movie started, I was just giddy. Um, And, you know, in, in case anyone hasn't seen it, like I won't won't spoil what happens. But from moment one, the Paramount logo comes up and you just feel like, oh, we're back. (laughs) And, you know, we got to the end of the movie and I know I talked with the Vogel and Roka about this, like, as we came out of the end, I'm like, "Ah, I'm not totally sure. I'm like, I liked a lot of it. I'm not totally sure. I went and saw it yesterday by myself in a theater that was just as packed, just just as enthusiastic an audience. And I walked out. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, and, and I want to say like the difference between like, you know, with Doctor Strange, like we came out a Thursday and a lot of people were like, not so sure where I was like, ah, that was a fun ride. I went and saw it the next week by myself and the theater was um, nowhere near packed like it was wow. it, it did not have or it didn't seem to have based off of that screening that sort of uh, want to go on that ride again with this movie. Whereas with Top Gun, I mean, I, you know, I I, don't know what the next big movie that comes out. What is it, Jurassic? In, yeah, Jurassic and- World's and- coming out. With the um, movies, yeah. I will definitely... Be going to see Top Gun um, a, a couple more times, and part of it because it is a great movie and it's really really well done, um, but also to experience it with an audience again. And this seems like the type of movie that people are going to see repeatedly.
0: Yeah, what do you think? Like, I made 126 million at the domestic box office. Then uh, it's up to about 173. They estimated to pass 180 today so what do you think about these numbers are you surprised um did you think just because it got reviewed well it didn't mean necessarily it was going to translate to box office so the fact that it did uh what do you think about this
2: i mean, i think we talked about this a few weeks ago when there was that article about you know what? What? when do people go to the movies and when do they not? And every, yeah. all studios scratching their head trying to figure it out. And well, we don't know. And audiences have changed post-COVID. And we know they'll come to the big superhero movies, but Doctor Strange had a drop off. And what does this mean? And like, we, we said it then. I was like, yeah. people are going to go see good movies. Like, if it, if the movie is huge and everybody likes it, everybody's going to go. And we I think we said that day, I was like, I Top Gun's going to be huge. Yeah. Top Gun, people are going to go see it. I can tell you right now, there is an excitement in the air people want to go see that movie and i went that uh i went thursday night to shannon's point packed audience yeah. i went again i took my brother and some friends on sunday night equally packed audience people cheering in the movie theater like people are just excited to see it and it yes is there a nostalgia 100% is tom cruise one of the most bankable movie stars in the world still to this day 100% but there have been nostalgia plays that have failed and tom cruise is not a guarantee at the box office. Mm-hmm. This movie is just a great fucking movie. It's like everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a great movie. So like, what is the secret? Why are people going? Because it's great. It really is that good. Yeah. And so look, ho- look, Hollywood, if Hollywood knew the formula to make sure that every single movie was great, they would do it. There's no formula to it. You never know. Like if art is subjective. Cinema is what cinema is. But... Pretty much to Shannon's point, like across the board, all the people that I know that I've seen Top Gun with that are texting me over the weekend when they went to see it, everyone has the same reaction, which is almost like this ama like like this amazed awe. Like I had I had more than one person go, Wow, that was a fucking movie. And I was like, Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Like it just feels like a movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like all three of us have been fans of summer blockbuster movies and we're always happy when they actually come out and they're good and then you see people go and see it because then it almost feels like it brings us back together in a communal kind of experience even with people don't know i mean i've heard from a couple of people or actually a few people rather that they were at screenings and people were coming out who were strangers and they were high-fiving in the hallways after the movie they were talking with each other about it because they just couldn't believe that the film was that good. I think so many people walking out because you I don't know how many posts I've seen on social media were like, I didn't know what to, I had my arms folded. I didn't want to believe the hype. I didn't. And then I came out and it, it surpassed all our expectations. You know, even Kalinowski, I think made a post about that saying like, I didn't want to even
2: Kalinowski,
0: <laughs> so, you know, it, that's a great thing for the movie and, and some more information on it. It is Tom Cruise's biggest opening ever of his career. Um, they were trying to say that Austin Powers Gold Member counts in his which is ridiculous to me. But no, Top Gun Maverick is the biggest <laughs> opening of his career. Um, uh, it's it, he it beats uh, um, the Memorial Day uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at Worlds, and there it is now. It and the cruise now has two films in the top twenty for Memorial Day weekend. If you include Mission Impossible too, which somehow became one of the highest grossing films he's ever done. Um, and let's it, see, it was the, the show, Doves. It was, was the that? Doves. It was the Doves. Lots of
2: Doves in um, the Mission Impossible too. It
0: also opened in the most theaters ever. 4,735 theaters. The biggest number before that was Endgame with 4,662 theaters. So clearly, because there isn't a lot of movies out right now and the COVID situation, more theaters were open to show the film, but also there must have been high demand to open up all those theaters to be able to put that film in there. So kind of crazy
1: to think about that. Well, I imagine the theater owners were probably hoping with Doctor Strange that it was going to be a no way home in game situation where audiences were coming, uh, coming repeatedly. And that's that again, that's not what happened. I saw I saw Doctor Strange three times. First time, absolutely packed. Second one sparsely populated. The third time, ah, uh, it was like ten people. Yeah. And so the fact that they uh, they're kind of clamoring for for a big movie to, to to get in their theaters and the you know the word of mouth was so good and you know you think about the fact that this was this has been done for a while like this yeah. was supposed to come out you know a little, a little while ago. Yeah. Think about the pressure that Paramount and Tom Cruise could have been under to release it on streaming.
0: Oh, when th- we didn't was, know so when movie pressure. theaters were gonna yeah. come
1: out. Like the fact that they the fact that they stuck to their guns. Yeah. Because you know, there's top is, guns. This, ah, <laughs> this is the type of movie that you have to you have to see in a theater. Like you have to hear Why do the, the roar him? of those Why do you encourage you <laughs> that is that's a that's a quality joke. <laughs>
2: I think even Shannon was like, "Sir, that's not a McClung joke. That was a quality
0: joke."
1: (laughs) Well, I was as a quality McClung joke. Oh, here we (laughs) go. That's like
2: saying jumbo shrimp. It's an oxymoron.
0: (laughs) What'd you call a moron? (laughs) but you know it's but it's doing so well and it keeps going and i think you guys are right like the fact you're going to see it days after it's come out it's still packed It's still those are old school summer blockbuster films and it's great to see it coming back and you know it isn't just paramount And i want to make this really clear tom cruise is the one that fought to not let this go to streaming he fought really really hard and he apparently was going there were rumors that he was going to take paramount to court to stop them from releasing it uh in streaming because he wanted it he believes very much in theaters when I was at CinemaCon I remember that they were talking about that how much he fought for the 45-day window mm-hmm. as it is now but also fought to have um, that film come out in the theaters and refused to let it go to streaming and that tells you the strength of his relation with Paramount now even though a few years ago they kind of railroaded time Cruise out of there He's back with them and they have a very strong connection with each other. So the man carries weight, ladies and gentlemen. And nothing says yes. box office movie star like being able to make a studio, um, not release a film and streaming because you um, want to make sure. it comes
2: Listen, up. we all heard Tom Cruise on set yelling at everybody about COVID. Yeah. Even if I was Paramount, I don't want Tom Cruise yelling at me like no, that. No. You know what you don't want in life? That man mad at you.
1: <laughs> Where is Moman?
2: Come out and get your whooping. Come out,
1: <laughs> <Moment>. nice <laughs> Tom's on the way in. He's angry. Who are our who are the tallest executives? Get him in.
0: <laughs> He's like, what's his face for with that character he played in Tropic Thunder? Oh my god. Imagine <laughs> <to stop> <laughs> walking through the <laughs> Streaming? Uh anyway. So yeah, so uh, continued success for the film itself. Um let's uh let's move on to our next thing here uh shannon i think you're taking it away here
1: trailer just one today <laughs> a couple of days ago we got our first look at the disney plus feature from robert zemeckis and tom hanks we got our first look at pinocchio so mm. this is this is going to come out on uh disney day september 8th this year um yeah i mean you know the the disney live action adaptations of their classic cartoons have been have been a little bit of a mixed bag like we've gotten some we've gotten a, a couple really good ones and then we've gotten quality some other wise.
0: ones you mean quality wise quality right? wise, wise yes yeah
1: Quality-wise, <laughs> we've gotten some really good ones, and we've gotten some others. Um, but so far, I mean, and this is this is quick. This is about, about a minute 40, minute 30, minute 40, something like that. But we get our first look at Tom Hanks as Geppetto, his latest accented role. If you've been going to the movies, you've seen a lot of Elvis trailers where he, he's sporting his, I think, Dutch accent <laughs> as Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> um, but with this one, with him dressed up as Geppetto, there is just a uh, sweetness that there that t- t- to the to this trailer that I was kind of like I, I the whole idea of Robert Zemeckis coming in and doing a live action Pinocchio it's like yeah that makes sense I mean this is this is this this is the CG the CG King Um but actually seeing it I was like oh and I, I didn't grow up a huge Pinocchio guy but hearing the the uh when you wish upon a star we get our first glimpse of uh, uh Cynthia Erivo as the blue fairy hmm. this just had sort of a a, a sweet, innocent, magical feeling to it, and this is from someone who's not, you know, a, a huge fan of that that original movie. But I'll throw it to you, gentlemen. What did you all think of our first look at Pinocchio,
0: Mike?
2: Um, look, I think it looks gorgeous. I mean, Disney definitely doesn't skimp on their live action uh, versions of their animated films. Like they're all big budget movies. They really go for it. You got Tom Hanks in there. You got Cynthia Revo in there. I think it looks great. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I have a complicated relationship with the live action movie versions of the animated films just because there is always sort of an inherent why. Uh. Aside from you wanna make the money, why? Like, what are you bringing that's new to this? And I think that where they've been most successful, like I would personally hold up, John's right. Financially, they're all successful. That's why they keep making them. Like, everybody goes to see them, they're huge hits. But creatively, I feel like they are most successful in the cases of like Cinderella or um, Jungle Book or even Cruella to a degree where they really take the story and do something different with it. They add a new level. They add a new layer. And then I think you run into like your Beauty and the Beasts and your Lion Kings uh, where it you're like, this is the animated movie, but just not as good but you basically are following it beat to beat. So with the Pinocchio trailer, it definitely looks like it is the Disney version. Like it, you see Figaro, you see Cleo, you know, you see Geppetto, you you see all the beats that you expect to see. So it really just remains to see, is this a straight up, like I could watch the animated movie and I could watch the live action movie and I can compare shots. Or is this movie going to give us some different layers? Is it more focused on Geppetto? Is it more focused on the relationship between Geppetto and Pinocchio? Because although Geppetto is his father figure, the Disney movie really just focuses more on Pinocchio's adventures and Geppetto kind of comes in at the end. So they have an opportunity to do some really different stuff. And if they do, I think it'll be a really successful version. Um, Or they might not. And so remains to be seen. But yes, the trailer looks... Everything you said, magical, whimsical, gorgeous, beautiful. So I'm definitely, I'm a Disney nerd. I'm obviously going to watch it. So we will see how I feel when I see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, Zemeckis and Hanks, I immediately think of Polo Express and I get a little weird about the Uncanny Valley and all mm-hmm. that. You know, Polo I, Express I, eyes, like
2: they say in <laughs> Rescue Rangers. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that film. that film was a little weird to kind of, it but i understand they were pushing the boundaries there's very early on in the process of doing those kinds of things i did like the christmas carol with jim carrey that kind of version of it i did enjoy that kind of approach to it but um so in my mind i'm like okay well what can zemeckis do do you remember zemeckis he hasn't really you know kind of struck it big in a while welcome to marwin was horrible and so you get worried and then you see the trailer and you're like wow okay this is the zemeckis that a lot of us remember or grew up with or be or were charmed by so if he can capture that magic that he had in the past i think this could be a very fun interpretation and mike and mike and shannon you don't see pinocchio you see his arm but you haven't yet seen the full body full face of pinocchio you see jiminy cricket you see the blue fairy with cynthia riva i mean keegan michael key in that outfit looks fantastic um uh, luke evans coming in as yet again another disney villain in a live action adaptation of a film so gonna be very curious to see how he what new levels or new uh, uh, beats he has to what he's doing as, as uh, in his role as villain in the movie. And so I'm very interested to see what we're going to get. But it does feel like they're focusing on Geppetto more, which yeah. is something curious that you bring up, Mike, because the trailer is very Geppetto, very much about Tom Hanks, very much. Very,
2: very doing. Geppet-esque. It's <laughs> Jeppidesque. a Jepedesque trailer.
0: And, and to his credit, I barely heard an accent. So I'm hoping that there isn't an overt Italian accent, that it's a much more subtle approach <laughs> to it and what have you, because I, I would appreciate that from Tom. But, of course, Tom continuing his relationship with Disney through Toy Story and other other projects. So it makes so much sense. And he's And he's at the perfect time in his life to play this character and kind of bring some new magic to it. And so maybe him and Zemeckis have a magic formula for doing yeah. this uh, reimagining, and we shall see. Because Guillermo del Toro has one coming out, and and the less said about Benini's Pinocchio, the better. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting how many times people come back to this story, and I guarantee you, at some point when they do it again, it'll be a female doll, which will be an interesting exploration of what that would be like to be a real girl. What's that? You know, there might be some real world stuff conversations that are to be had, which will be really fascinating. So if that interpretation never comes out. I'll be looking forward to it to see how they can do it with this with a different uh, gender approach.
2: Interesting,
0: yeah.
1: Pinocchio.
2: Pinocchio. I'm writing Pinocchio. that down. I'm making notes. <laughs> right, right. Female version. Copyright. Of Copyright. Pinocchio. <laughs> Start outline. Text Shannon after Geek Buddies. <laughs> it's kind of
0: a bitch, wouldn't you know? It? <laughs> 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 All right. Anything more on this shit?
1: No, that's it. Pinocchio comes out on Disney Plus September eighth.
0: Yeah, real yeah, uh, day and date, so real close, real close. um All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna jump into our main topic here. And that's talking all the stuff that dropped on Star at Star Wars Celebration last weekend. and We're we'll right back right after this. do 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 do
1: do 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 it's really good. Hold on, let me bring you back. <laughs> I thought I had timed it perfectly.
2: You're giving me you're giving me some real uh Bill Murray Star Wars Lounge Singer vibes with that one. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but Star Wars. <laughs> well, so Johnny, you tell us. Tell us, Johnny. You got to go. I did. Tell us I all did. about it.
0: It's an interesting experience for sure. It wasn't as um. Huge as I've seen it, is certain conventions in the past certainly a little bit subdued, no criticism, just a little bit more subdued. I think COVID, the numbers are still there, the numbers are still rising. People were a bit hesitant. Uh, there was some really good cosplay on, th- on the Friday and Saturday, not so much on Thursday. It was a little kind of uh, hit and miss on the uh. On the cosplay there also i found the areas to be massive i didn't think there were as many exhibitors or as many booths but the stuff we got was really great some of the, there were some fantastic uh, um, the figures some really great artwork that was there some nice inventive uh, merchandise that people could enjoy for sure and there's just but you sense the joy right i mean there's a certain level of of obsession with star wars that is fascinating to watch on the outside look i love star wars but I had a friend tell me that she was gonna quit her job if they didn't let her go see Star Wars celebration go to Star Wars celebration. And that's that's a level of obsession I don't necessarily possess, but it was nice to be surrounded by people who are obsessed with this uh, galaxy. And you could tell they needed it. Like they needed it and they wanted it. And being in the huge panel for Lucasfilm, the amount of people that were just so caught up in it, and then later in the other panels as well, later in the smaller panels. Uh, it was great to see. So in uh, in that way, I very much enjoyed it and uh, had a really great experience uh, kind of taking it at my pace as opposed to doing it like we used to do it way back in the old days where Shane and I would sit all eight for 15 hours or something. It was madness. But walking the floor was great. Seeing the, as I said, seeing the cosplay, was really talking to people, talking to fans of the Geek Buddies. It was great. It was so much fun to enjoy for sure.
1: Now, were you in the, in the, uh, the hall when they released like the trailers for for Andor and the trailers yes, of the yes. Bad Batch. Like, were you with the audience when those
0: dropped? Yeah, let's, and, and, and let's talk about that because yeah, it was the Lucasfilm panel. I had to talk my way into that panel because uh, this year with media, media had to apply for a QPR code, just like uh, people who were going who bought their tickets just to be regular participants had to. So. It was a mad scramble to get in that lottery. This year they had a lottery, so not everybody could get in. And they recommended that you you submit with a bunch of people because it was easier for them to get like 12 people in than two one or two people in. So interesting little things you discover as you're doing Star Wars Celebration. So with this, I had to talk my way into it, just flashing my badge, you know. And it, eventually I got in, thank God, and got to sit there uh, and watch it. And it was a hell of an experience. I mean, seeing... Um, uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen come out to like what's it was like five six thousand people going insane in that auditorium and then later when the Andor trailer played people were just like just mouth agape at what they had just seen with that Andor trailer then getting John Watts coming out to talk about skeleton crew um, and then what else was the, the oh yeah with Kenobi Moses Ingram and other people coming out but there was oh Favreau and Filoni coming out talking Mandalorian and showing the little clip For season three of Mandalorian that looks like Game of Thrones Mandalorian, which looked looked pretty awesome. Um, And then all the stuff that they teased while they were there. And then, of course, the capper, John Williams coming out live to conduct an orchestra to play the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme for the first time ever anywhere in public. Then he did the Imperial March and then he did the Indiana Jones theme and out comes Harrison Ford to shake his hand and talk to him and announce that indy5 is coming out next year in june i think so just a and Kathleen kennedy obviously was there too but so so a lot to consume and experience in an hour and a half and Vet nicole brown who hosted it did a really great job of keeping it moving because artists come out there and they just want to shoot the shit for like an hour without (laughs) thinking that there are other panels or other people coming out so but, yeah, what a great experience. What did you guys think of all the trailers and the news that came out of that particular panel? Because uh, that was really their big one. Is there What stood out to you guys? What really appealed to you guys when you were hearing it? Did you watch the trailers? Did you watch the news? What did you guys think?
2: Yeah, I think coming out of, I mean, not being a part of it and just kind of Mm -hmm. being on the outside and getting information as it was dropping on YouTube or dropping on uh, the different geek websites. I mean, obviously, I think probably the biggest thing, one of the biggest things was the Andor trailer.
0: Yeah.
2: uh, Just because we got to see that in its entirety. And even though it's not Star Wars, I think the Willow trailer got a lot of play. I mean, that that trailer for the the Willow uh, series on Disney Plus just hit all the nostalgia buttons. Uh, Obviously all like the footage of Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor being together was great, Uh, John Williams composing, Um, but then I think like the little bits of information we got about Skeleton Crew, the John Watts uh, series, the animated Young Jedi Academy, which they've sort of brought up and mentioned, and then obviously in the next couple days the Tales of the Jedi uh, stuff that Filoni showed, and then the super grainy footage from Ahsoka stuff that they showed, which I know wasn't the big panel, but like just kind of taking the weekend as a whole, those were the things that I think resonated the most that kind of got non-celebration people who weren't there, who were just celebrating from afar, uh, really excited.
0: Yeah, because Rosario Dawson showed up on the Lucasfilm panel on video and said she couldn't be there because she was shooting scenes and then she showed up So clearly that was a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a trick or whatever, because I can imagine they flew her overnight to come and show up and do it. Maybe they did. I don't know. It just would have surprised me. I mean, she's filming
2: didn't... Ahsoka. They don't really have to fly her. They just have to drive her down to Anaheim. Oh, all right. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> I thought they were filming that overseas, but I guess maybe they are filming it here. Um, but yeah, what do you think, uh, Shannon? Because we did get also news about Tales of the Jedi. We got news that the Star Wars Vision Season 2 is coming. The yep. Beeson is going to be in Tales of the Jedi. As Mike mentioned, the Ahsoka. I mean, people went crazy that there was and Dula in the footage from behind. Um, uh, Ezra and Ezra. Right. Right. And Sabine having, you know, Sabine and my friend Ash cross and, uh, moderated that panel and got to bring out and introduce the actress who's playing Sabine. So what's stood out to you from the whole weekend of news and, and, and what happened? I mean, Andor was the
1: big one, yeah. uh, was the big one for me. Cause you know, we've discussed like with Obi-Wan sort of the limitations of the volume, like it's, it's amazing technology, but you know, you can't do everything. And like watching the trailer for Andor, that was like oh this looks like a real populated oh. star wars world and just like the, the amount of exteriors or maybe it was the volume uh, the amount of what appeared to be exterior shots yeah it, it's just really it was just really really uh really cool to see um and also i love the look at the bad batch that we got that yeah. it's clear that there has been a time jump. Yeah. Omega looks uh, a little bit bigger. They, they finally given her a helmet. Um, but also the bad batch are rocking, are rocking different, uh, uniforms. Now they, you know, yeah. they traded out the red for kind of an orange and, uh, thinking back to just how gorgeously, uh, designed and animated that show was getting to see a continuation of it, um, really has me jazzed. And also, uh I, i'm i'm crossing my fingers that you know we'll get the return of uh cad bane in that mm. as uh, as as well because it seems like we might not see him anymore in live action <laughs> <laughs> i would really like to see oh, that wow. character again because cory burton cory burton's cad bane is just so much fun to watch
0: Yeah, Mike, I mean, Jude Law being announced for Skeleton Crew is really interesting because already Skeleton Crew was drawing comparisons to Prodigy, as we mentioned, uh, I think, a week or two ago on the show. I mean, I see you call Kate Mulgrew and I'll raise you a Jude Law. Did you like that idea, that
2: I, I mean, look, the, the Jude Law's great. Jude Law can do whatever. I don't blame him for secrets of Dumbledore. He's doing his best. So Jude True. Law is Jude Law, and he's great. The skeleton skeleton crew just in general intrigues me because it's just so different. I mean, look, we're all nerds and we love it. We just talked about Obi-Wan is the biggest thing on Disney+, Plus because we all know Obi-Wan Kenobi. We know part of what that story is, getting to see Vader. Uh, Even with Andor, like we've met Cassie and Andor in Rogue One. We get to see that. Like for me, part of the Andor trailer, and we can dive into it and talk about it in a bit more detail. But uh, the amount of Mon Mothma we got, which is another character that if you're a Star Wars nerd, you know. So Star Wars does so well banking on existing characters. But skeleton crew is just this really mysterious, shiny object that they're putting in front of us, which is, hey, here's a story about some kids and some shit goes down. Post-Return of the Jedi, kind of in the era of Mandalorian, and that could be literally anything. Mm. Like, there's no there's no rules around it. There's no, oh, well, that doesn't really make sense because in New Hope they said this, but then in Clone Wars this happened. So, like, these are brand new characters. So there's something very, very exciting about Skeleton Crew to me
0: yeah agreed and and let's dive into the andor trailer because i mean that's they announced that it was going to be 12 episodes per season for two seasons the last the i think the second season is going to cover four years the four years leading up to rogue one and the first season is going to cover the first two years where he becomes this rebel and transitions into becoming the rebel um and the last scene will lead up to the final moment before rogue one starts so Very interesting, kind of similar to what Rogue One did, leading all the way up to the beginning of New Hope. So interesting stuff. But there was a lot here, uh, you know, and and, um, uh, Diego Luna talked about the fact that he wanted this, that he this was a migrant story. And certainly from the beginning, you sense that this is is almost like one of those native cultures that you would see in South America, Mm -hmm. seeing this, you know, Empire ship, I think an Empire ship in flames. Going across the sky, we're, you know, using the steel drums to wake people up. That feels very um, uh, from the East, you know, so Middle East. Right? So a lot of interesting cultures are being showcased or displayed here as we watch this. And then we see, you know, the Empire showing up. We see, uh, we hear Diego saying, you know, the Empire's grown fat. And we see these two portly dudes drinking their wine, dressed in Empire outfits. But we also see this is the height what it feels like of the Empire with the richest looking Empire I've ever seen, including Genevieve O'Reilly looking gorgeous in the gowns that she's wearing and in the conversations that she's having that she has to kind of smile and say the right thing or else they'll come after her. So you talk about um, a skeleton crew having kind of a wide open uh, a base to explore, but it also kind of feels that way with Andor because some stuff is known about this period, but not a lot that's canon. Mm-hmm. So they seem to have more. F- they seem like they're going to have a lot of room to explore this and 12 episodes a season. You guys must be surprised by that considering they've been six so far starting out or six or seven.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's much larger than what we have experienced uh, thus far. And the whole Mon Mothma angle um, talking about the dresses, this, this is kind of uh, uh, an area that in live action, we haven't gotten a lot of material. And I think it, Mm. it again, very fertile ground for storytelling. Um, the political intrigue that has to happen behind the scenes when you're organizing a rebellion the fact that you're talking about like she has to say the right thing she has to do like you know we're getting we might see a little bit of that with jimmy smith's in obi-wan um but watching how this rebellion watching how it builds not just on the battlefield but also behind the scenes like knowing you know the, the people that have uh, seen what the Empire has become and how it has to be taken down and it, it's not going to be taken down overnight.
2: Yeah. And, I will, and like, cause they've said, I mean, I think in the Daily Variety article, they said it, that the show is kind of a two-hander. Like it's a Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma story. And I think the right. trailer really reflects that because you get equal play. Like you see, to your point, this planet that looks sort of like a, a less technologically advanced planet where you see some of like the, the sparks of rebellion happening. But then you see Mon Mothma on what looks like Coruscant, which is where she would be in the Senate and doing her stuff and what's really interesting about that is as you're looking at this story of these two characters who are so different and are both dealing with the empire in different ways you have Cassie and Andor who he, like you said it, this is very much a migrant story it's what? about a character that was displaced it's about an immigrant who is struggling with this huge governmental force that is uh upending his life and on the other end of it you have Ma Mothma, who is part of that governmental force like we we know she's going to start the rebellion but she is part like her and bail organa like they are currently in the senate doing their best like they are they take your pick of which senators you like in american politics right now but they are in congress doing their best while things are going poorly for people and so seeing how these two people come to the conclusions they come to and come together like to me that was what was most exciting about this trailer
0: yeah yeah uh anything more to say about like uh sh- any vehicles or ships or anything that we saw there that kind of would be cool to see in star wars that, that we hadn't seen before
1: no, i mean not off not off the top of or my locations head. I mean, or sets it, or
0: anything like that
2: it's less about any specific locations okay. or vehicles and more about and i think it's what we said about obi-wan but uh it just this doesn't look like a tv show.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. This is a feature. That's this a is great just point. a this is just a 12 part or our 24 part with both seasons. Like yeah. this just looks like a feature. Like we are stepping outside of oh here's a really fun tv series. Like this looks just huge, and and Willow to a degree as well. I mean, you know, like uh you know, and we're, I want to talk about the Rebel stuff and all, so we don't to talk a ton yeah. about Willow. But both of them just had these big feels to them where you were like, oh yeah, like I am, I am in for these rides.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised by the Willow trailer. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not a Willow. It's not that I'm not a Willow fan. I liked it when I saw it. I just don't have the connect, like the emotional connection that some people seem to have to Willow. But watching that trailer, I was like, oh, man, I want to go back into this world immediately. And I almost went home and tried to find it on streaming to watch it. So I will definitely. It's
2: not not hard to find. You can find it on 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 Disney+. Disney Plus. Plus.
0: (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You're right. I just didn't find the time. I just didn't find the time. (laughs) I would where, been- where where could it be i don't know you know what i watched the george carlin documentary <laughs> um, but, no, um, but this the, but let's move to the mandalorian because this is going to be really interesting i don't know if you guys got a chance to see any of the grainy footage or any of the footage i didn't of- see any
2: of the grainy footage okay. I, was, I kept kind of waiting for them to reveal something like official and then they never did and then when i went to go back i was like okay fuck it i'll watch the grainy footage most of it was taken down and i couldn't find it <laughs> so so please please tell me about this footage oh great well, one I
0: mean well I mean this is such a fascinating approach to the season and as I said it looks like Game of Thrones it looks like they're going next level like you mentioned with cash and Andor, it looks theatrical this looks like they understand what the Mandalorian the power of what the Mandalorian can be and now they're going to this whole another almost operatic level with this series because the shots of bo katan sitting on the empty throne on mandalore it looks like there's just yeah. you know we know from the clone wars we've seen that room and her just sitting there in the darkness essentially barely lit and uh mando shows up and they have a very tense back and forth about the fact that you she still wants the dark saber and that he has it and all of this that goes on with them and then he keeps talking about how he needs to go get purified in the waters of Mandalore, there's more with Grogu. Uh, and you know, there's a line where um, uh, Bo Katan says to Grogu, Oh, you think your dad was the only Mandalorian after she's k- kicked some ass? So, there's going to be a lot here that we're going to get between them as we go forward. And the armorer calls out um, Mandal- the Mandalorian for not for willingly taking off his helmet more than once and says to him, You are excommunicated from Mandalore. So, it's like there's there's a real kind of um, journey of faith here kind of like we're seeing with Kenobi and probably we'll see with Andor this journey of faith that's going on and where is he going to land so it's very huge uh, the uh, what they're it's very huge what they're doing here with this season three of the Mandalorian it's very exciting.
2: Like to me, the two things that I'm most curious about, and like this all sounds great to me, which is one, yeah. the whole history of Mandalore has pretty much just existed in animation. I mean, until season two of of Mandalorian when Bo Katan showed up, but like you can go through Clone Wars and you can see Duchess Satine running a peaceful Mandalore after this the planet's been ravaged and how they used to be very warlike, and you know about like you know Death Watch up on the moon and wanting to be more warlike, and then you see this whole process, and then you go to Rebels. And you see after the empire uh has completely like just wiped the floor with them um you know and you see all that stuff going on with sabine and the dark saber and this all leads right into this and so mandalorian season three just feels like it's the animated series brought to life uh which i think is really interesting and the other part that i think is interesting is like most of season one and season two of mandalorian was built around grogu was the engine yeah, like it was like I have to protect this guy. I have to get him to a Jedi. I have to do this. Like, and then we ended with him going away with Luke. But because we got a little Mandalorian, you know, two 3, two in, uh, in Boba Fett, yeah. that kind of resolved Grogu's story. He made his choice. He's like, hey, Luke, I'm good. I'm gonna go hang with my boy. I love him so much, and yeah. now they're together. But like, so Grogu doesn't have there's obviously a lot more story to grogu but there's not a specific thing that mando has to do with grogu it's no longer the lone wolf and cub sort of structure so how grogu is going to tie into what's going on with with din and bo katan and the dark saber and mandalore like that's all really interesting to me as well
0: yeah and on this panel shannon pedro pascal was on katie sackoff of course plays bo katan Carl weathers uh, grief cargo there's great shots of grief cargo who is now like running that city and he's got the wealth in his look. Uh, Emily Swallow, there, who is who plays the armor? She was on the, on the uh, panel. Tamora Morrison, Giancarlo Esposito. They also introduce uh, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder, who will play who played Din, Din Djarin on the set. But they also announced that Amy, and you also saw in the trailer, rather, that Amy Sedaris is going to come back as Pelimoto, and Omid Shannon's Ab- favorite, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Omid Opti is back as Doctor Pershing. He is all over the footage they showed at at the celebration. And also Tim Meadows is coming in playing some character here in <laughs> in this, which is gonna be fascinating. And also the great shot. They had a great shot of a tree full of Kowakian monkey lizards, salacious bee crumbs species, and it was unsettling and hilarious <laughs> at the same time. That's a awesome. shot they had. And Babu Frick is gonna be back. Uh, I heard in- about Babu Frick. Yeah. So what Babu Frick, sure? I'll
2: accept. I don't. I don't love me some Rise of Skywalker, but I will allow Babu Frick to Fair extend enough. his uh, his 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 life beyond Rise of Skywalker. Hey,
0: hey, Babu Frick, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got the Dark Saber! Um, what do you think, Shannon? Of all this for for Mandalorian season three?
1: I mean, the thing that I'm really curious about is, you know, the the end of season two. It was so emotional. As, yeah. For fans, we, we you know we got to see Luke Skywalker, which someone on the screen called I won't say who, um, but getting to see Luke Skywalker. But then for our characters, uh, uh, Den saying goodbye to Grogu, like that was such an emotional ending. But you have to think what happened the moment that the X wing took off, and Den still has the dark saber and Bo Katan saying, "I want that." Goodbye, goodbye. So. it's going to be really curious to to find out how that situation uh, resolved itself because uh, Giancarlo uh, Esposito was very clear. Like you can't just give it to her. She has to, she got to kill you for it. You know, (laughs) she's got to, she's got to beat you in combat. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean like the whole idea of this sort of game of Thrones like season, like going to this wrecked planet, this wrecked kingdom and trying to, trying to reclaim your honor and yeah it's just it's really really um really I- I- exciting and it's coming out it's 2023 right it's not yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of this next year.
0: year yeah next year yeah
1: yeah i mean i'm i'm super excited to see it and to see like is there a possibility that the mandalorian and So the ahsoka series are they going
0: to cross paths at all yeah it's certainly yeah. possible. I mean, if she showed up during the Mandalorian, that just makes all kinds of sense to me that she'd have some kind of return visit. And she has a
2: relationship with both of them.
0: Yeah, there you go. Absolutely great point, Michael. And what's going to be interesting too is you've got two people who are displaced, both Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian. Essentially, I mean, the Mandalorian excommunicated essentially by uh, his cult sect there of, of, Mandalor- of the Mandalorians and uh, uh, Bo-Katan kind of without the dark saber feeling displaced needing that so is this going to be a two-hander as you mentioned with Andor Mike is this the Bo-Katan Mandalorian kind of two-hander here for this season in a way Grogu now as you mentioned Mike which is really astute of you he no longer is someone that needs to be saved now it's he's the companion for the Mandalorian when he's going on his journey so it's not about Grogu anymore This is about the Mandalorian. He's along for the ride. And I think
2: think to your point, if Pershing is all over the trailer, I mean, then clearly there's still a role for Grogu to play because the Empire still needs to make their palpatine clones for Rise of Skywalker. So... so uh, so like, that's, I'm sure that that is a thread that will still be carried through, but it does feel like it's going to be much more focused on the Mandalore side of the story in the season.
0: <laughs> Where are the witches with the scissors from Hercules to cut that thread? I'd like to see that. Um, <laughs> cool. uh, all right. Uh, and what if, okay, so let's move on to um uh, to uh, um, the Ahsoka series real quick. I mean, what do you guys think about the fact Ooh. that we're, we're getting so much here with Natasha Liu? uh Bordezo Bordezo rather being introduced as Sabine Ren we're getting Ezra we're getting Thrawn um and it is going to come out in 2023 so that's pretty shocking as well so quickly it will pick up after the events of Rebels with Ahsoka searching for Ezra and attempting to hunt down Thrawn uh there were shots of Sabine looking on at her painted mural of the ghost crew as well as what looks to be Harrison Dula so um what's the level of excitement you all have for this after hearing about what it's going to be about and maybe some maybe either one of you got a chance to see some of the grainy footage
1: um I saw a little bit of the grainy very shaky camera footage I got okay. to see the uh the headtails tails uh, of Hera and mm. the footage was too grainy and too shaky for me to figure out if that was Mary Elizabeth Winstead or not
0: um, <laughs> Oh, good call
1: that's, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. It's it, you just couldn't get a sense of the height. You know, she's a she's a tall woman, um, but also like they haven't announced who Ezra is, who's going to play Ezra, right? Like, right. I know that the assumption, the, the 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 smart money at one point was on uh, uh, Mina Mousaoud, right? Yeah, from Aladdin. Um, but that hasn't been announced yet. But yeah, dude. They, they, hearing the crowd's reaction the moment that Hera walked onto screen, that's, that's all I need. That's all I need. Right. Yeah. there. Like that was that, that was an, a, an infinity war comic con level reaction. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I right? already was most excited for Ahsoka. Like that's mm-hmm. already the thing that I'm most excited for just because of Ahsoka. Yeah. And, and, and assumed that at least part of the story was going to be, we're picking up there's a, there's a whole story thread here. Like you look at that last Minute of Rebels and you're like, well, yeah, like this is there's that we get what happens. There's more here. But like the fact that this sort of confirms that this series is just the next season of Rebels. Yeah. With live action actors. Like I could not be more excited than I am for what is going like. I will absolutely lose all of my shits. Like, it's just too much. I'm so I'm so excited. I can't even deal with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, too, because, I mean, I loved Rebels, and uh, that was the one thing that was consistent for me while I wasn't a big fan of the sequel trilogy, although I did like Force Awakens. Um, Rebels was consistently good for me after, the, I think, the midway point of the first yeah. episode. It was just great all the way through. And so... Um, getting a chance to g- go back and, and hang out with these characters in a live action format is very, very exciting. And I don't think they've announced Thrawn. Did they announce Thrawn? Who's playing Thrawn? Did they say so, so? So a lot of mystery still around this thing, and it's coming out in 2023, which, by the way, we're only six months away from. Let that sink in Whoa. for a second. You know, so yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so fascinating stuff. All right, let's move on to Bad Batch, guys. I mean, the, as Shannon mentioned, the new armor got a helmet here for Omega. Omega's older. <laughs> Um, so we've had some jump in time here. We do see from the trailer that they're dialing in to not wanting to just be these kind of mercenaries. They actually might want to be picking a side here or lean, or moving towards picking a side and joining the rebellion. We see possibly Commander Cody. We see Scorch. So what did you guys think of this trailer? There's only a minute, a teaser trailer, but what stood out for you guys? Go for it, Mogul.
2: I uh, I just love that, and look, Andor is this, uh, I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is a little bit this, mm. uh, obviously Rogue One is this, Rebels, it's in the title, but that we just, like, there's an entire rebellion when we get to A New Hope. There's an entire group of, there's military people, they've got ships, they've got soldiers, they've got plans, they're going to fight. We get to Hoth, we see battles, we get to Endor, we know because they've said it that like Rex fought at the Battle of Endor. Like there's an entire thing. So watching these characters kind of go through this journey, but kind of knowing that, oh, well, I think that we're seeing something where these guys could ostensibly go all the way. Like, the Bad Batch and Omega, maybe they were on Endor. We don't know. Like So just kind of seeing these characters go from this, we were soldiers in the Clone Wars, to we were displaced, and we kind of became mercs for a while, and now we're figuring things out. And, you know, just even like in Bad Batch Season 1, just the little bit that we got of Rex, Mm. and seeing that he was already sort of organizing people and doing stuff. And so just watching them sort of become... Soldiers for the rebellion is where it seems like they're going. Uh, I think it's a really fun journey. And
1: yeah.
2: You think she,
0: yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And say it. No, no, go, go, go for I was it. Just saying, do you think they've moved Crosshair out of being the villain? Because it seems like they're teasing a much bigger villain in season two, and we do see Crosshair possibly with Commander Cody in one of the shots. So, do you think that they're we're moving away from that, and therefore giving them more of an impetus to join one side over the other? Well.
2: Commander Cody, when last we saw
0: him, was yeah. still
2: pretty on pretty much on Order Sixty Six side.
0: Yeah. So, so, like when we
2: saw Commander Cody, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't fighting to save any Jedi. He was on the other end of things. So, right. I do think that uh, even if he is with Crosshair, I, I think that Crosshair has a ways to go. Will Crosshair ultimately become a hero? Like, definitely very possible. Mm-hmm. That would be a great arc for him. But I think he's not there yet for sure. Okay.
0: Shannon, thoughts on this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I I think he's 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 not he's not with the batch right now he's not with his brothers he's not with his sister omega um that's that's my that would be my guess that that is going to be a progression um but also the fact that we you know Sid's still around like mm, i love the right. fact that we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get to hear uh Rhea perlman and one of the things i'm most excited for and he has not told me this one way or another um but is the return of vice admiral rampart who mm. is voiced by my buddy noshir dalal who uh i thought did such a great job and he's you know he's such a talented talented voice actor but yeah i just love the fact that with that time jump omega is is becoming more than just the heart of the team like Mm -hmm. she is she is an actual uh capable soldier now and i'm crossing my fingers that at some point we see we see an energy bow pop up in one of our
0: live action series Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. Um, also, people are speculating that uh, young Wookiee Jedi we saw is Jedi, pa- Jedi Padawan Gungi. Do you guys think that's One hundred. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it looks like Gungi. <laughs> it talks like Gungi. It smells like Gungi. And look, I'm
2: thrilled, I'm <laughs> thrilled Gungi's still doing his thing. Like, <laughs> thank, thank God. <laughs>
0: Oh man, there was so much. Also, uh, well, they announced Star Wars Visions 2, uh, mm-hmm. Really, uh, that that's coming back. You know, you both in animation. Certainly, Star Wars Visions kind of pushed the boundary of Star Wars animation out into some new, interesting areas. Didn't it? Didn't hundred percent work? But I think it worked for the most part, at least on my end uh, watching them. Um, do you? Are you guys excited about Star Wars Visions two coming? I, I'm, just I'm sure curious excited, that there will yeah. be. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, moment. no, no.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was going to say I'm. I'm curious if there will be any continuation of the stories that we saw in season. Yeah. Um Because definitely that that black ninth and Jedi. white. Yeah. That I one. want. I want more
2: like the ninth Jedi. You could do an animated feature, and I'd be good. Like I would mm-hmm. be in on that movie. Like I love it. Was it's so good? I've watched it so many times. So yeah, that's a good question. I didn't think about that, Shannon. But you're right. Like like, our, is some of Vision season two going to be a continuation of some of these stories? Because some of them were really compelling universes or compelling characters or is this just going to be a whole nother grab bag of new visions which i think would both be good i think you know between between bad batch season two uh star wars visions um then the tales of the jedi stuff that they showed a bunch of and then the mention of this like young jedi academy which is definitely a younger age star wars show is about about a bunch of padawans during the uh and younglings during the um the high republic So it's another show in addition to the Acolyte that's going to take uh, place in that High Republic era. And that High Republic era, if you've read any of the novels or the comics or anything, there's just like a ton of really, really young Jedi in a time when it was actually way cooler to be... A young jedi so yeah. i think between all of those there's just in addition to all the amazing live action stuff and we keep talking about oh my god we get to see this animated character in live action we get to see this animated character in live action but it's nice to see that they're not abandoning the animation either and we're still getting so many really neat and distinctive stories in the animation side as well
0: yeah and the second version of star wars visions is coming out in spring of 2023 so we're not that far away from it and It's going to be much more international, much more global. It'll have uh, creative teams from Japan, India, the UK, Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, South Africa, and California uh, involved in creating these things. So there you go. What an interesting amount of global flavor to go into these animations. Will we see animation styles that are uniquely, uh, let's say, Spanish or uniquely Chilean or uniquely French or uniquely South African? uh that or irish even that excites me an indian anime that excites me to hear those points to see those points of views uh, on star wars
1: yeah the california episode is all going to be about traffic on intergalactic freeways
0: (laughs) i mean that's basically coruscant (laughs) um and then but then i think i mean i think like
2: in just seeing like on twitter and stuff i think people's response to knowing that in this tales of the jedi series yeah we get to see young Ahsoka like young young Ahsoka like before she goes to the Jedi Temple we get to see a young Count Dooku uh when he was a Jedi still we get to see a young Qui-Gon Jinn like that we're gonna get these stories that really fill out some of the backstory of these other characters who have become so beloved because of Clone Wars um like that that is something that I didn't know was coming that I'm so so excited to check out.
0: Yeah, and uh, with Tales of the Jedi having Neeson coming back to voice Qui Gon is going to be so much fun uh, to hear his voice once again. Didn't just they say good.
2: it's his, it's his it's it's he's coming back to voice, but also his son is doing yes. Qui Gon's voice. Yeah, so like yeah. the fact that both of them are doing that's really cool too.
0: I agree. I just kind of what we're seeing uh, with Val Kilmer's son, who has done his voice for that Val documentary, and I think he was involved in getting his voice uh, for Top Gun Maverick. I think so so it's yeah, kind of interesting to have all that uh, through this thing. But I, I want to go to Shannon on this, Shannon. John Williams, Indiana Jones 5 Shannon, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, oh, were you excited about this? Did you like the logo? I know this is Star I know we're talking Star Wars celebration, but this was part of it. Did you like the logo? Did you like seeing Harrison come out? And um, are you excited that there's finally a date for this thing dropping?
1: Um, I absolutely loved that still. <laughs> I mean, I I think my relationship with Indiana Jones, mainly because of the fourth. The fourth chapter is somewhat similar to Vogel's take on the Jurassic franchise. It's like, ah, oh, no, no. But okay. then the moment you see something, the the moment that you get that little little taste, uh, I I saw that that photo. I'm like, shit, yep, back in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that this is a, I'm really curious how how it's gonna look, yeah. not through the lens of Spielberg. I mean, this is mm-hmm. something that. Could go one of two ways, um, but the fact that it's James Mangold, and you know he's coming off, you know, such an incredible film with Logan. Um, and 310 Ford
0: to Yuma, that was good. Uh,
1: Ford versus Ferrari, 310 to Yuma was on the other day. And Yuma. I watched just a little bit of that. And I was like, God, I really hope he nails this. I really, yeah. really hope so. And you know, we are, uh, I, I rewatched Captain America, the first Avenger recently for something, yeah. um, and seeing Toby Jones and knowing that Toby Jones is going to be, is is going to be popping up as well. I mean, on paper and with that one still, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm cautiously cautiously optimistic because yeah. there has not been a, a whole lot of times that I've read something on the internet and my heart has dropped. But the first time I read a headline for a kingdom of the crystal skull test screening review, when it said, is this the movie you're you feared? And my heart dropped. <laughs> so cautiously yeah.
0: optimistic. And you know, what's crazy about star Wars celebration wrap up our discussion. The next one's in April in London. It's insane. <laughs> it's, I mean, we're not even getting a chance to recover from this one. Disney is already jumping uh, into another one in April. I'm definitely going to apply, and I'm definitely going to try to go uh, for sure to see it. And maybe, maybe the Geek Buddy should apply and try to go, and then we could figure out lodging or whatever. But covering it would be a lot. London of fun. in April, you
2: say? Yeah. <laughs> <April>. <laughs>
0: it feels like i feel like you're saying something that's saying something um but yeah so the the indiana jones 5 june 30th on 2023 so that's when it's uh coming out uh any wrap up any things before any more to say here as we wrap up our discussion Uh,
2: just kind of reiterating what you said like i mean we've all been star wars fans our whole lives and there was there was really dry spells to your point where people were still celebrating star wars yeah. People have always loved Star Wars, whether you love the novels or the comic books or the collectible figures. Like There has never been a time where you went to a comic book convention or went to Comic-Con where there wasn't something Star Wars to be excited about, Like even yeah. if it was a very small thing. And so just the fact that we're living in an era right now where, listen, you made it through the deserts of Tatooine, and you are living well right now as a Star Wars fan. There is just... There's so much to be excited about. And yeah. even if they don't knock it out of the park every time, not everything is going to be every single person's cup of tea. Uh, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I still like Babu Frick, and I still love Star Wars. And so with, with as much as they have coming out, if you love a galaxy far, far away, there is sure to be something that is going to make you really happy.
0: Maybe Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us for this wonderful episode of The Geek Buddies. We appreciate it madly. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on
1: Twitter, it's at Geek Underscore Buddies on Instagram at The Underscore Geek Underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon Underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. R- Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca says. I was looking at the camera. I got, I got messed up.
2: Mikey. (laughs) Well, if you like our usually scintillating conversation, or if you like whatever it was Shannon just did, we would like you to keep hanging on with the Geek Buddies. Uh, And here's what you guys can do for us. Definitely uh, hit the like button below. Uh, Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got over there. There is a ton of it. He is a busy, busy man. Let us know what you thought about everything in the comments below. Like, what are you most excited about for Star Wars Celebration? Where do you think they're nailing it? Where do you think there's something to be desired? Like, let us know your thoughts below. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available, leave us some stars and leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video posted on your socials, and tell all of your friends to hang out with your buddies, the Geek
1: Buddies.
0: Uh, Thank you all so much. Of course, big, big uh, shout out to Carbon Health with powers and sponsors, the Geek Buddies. Thank you so much. Go to CarbonHealth.com and go find out if they've got any clinic near you or if you need some care. They've got virtual care that's available Mm -hmm. as well. And sometimes if they've got a clinic that's not that busy, they do day of appointments. And that's really important when you know healthcare stuff pops up and you need to see someone immediately. They might be able to help. You've got COVID testing issues. You want to go get tested or you want to get some of those testing packs. They have them there physically at the uh, uh, Carbon Health uh, Clinic locations. There's 100-plus locations all over the country, 50-plus locations in California alone. And if you want to download the app, go and get the app for Carbon Health and put it on your phone so you can have a doc in your box. All right. Thank you all so much. We love you madly, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand-new episode from the Geek Buddies. Hey!